Hello, my name is Ben Jenkins and welcome back to another episode of the New Grad Radio Podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to be talking about mental health. Um, this is definitely something that I've been more exposed to within the emergency department that I did so in ICU. Uh, and when I talked about the other episode uh, a few days ago, talking about uh, what I disliked so far within the emergency department, I did touch on mental health and occupational violence, as in patients becoming escalated and aggressive towards nursing and the interprofessional team. Uh, and as I added on in that episode as well, I think it definitely was fitting that I added that section in talking about that it's definitely not something that should turn you away from emergency nursing altogether. Whilst it does happen, there are excellent resources in play uh, and there are excellent procedures in play for, for doing so. And that's what I'm gonna be talking about in today's episode. So I'll put this out there straight away by saying that coming from someone who's predominantly medicalizing everything, so coming from someone who's working in intensive care, the, the land of emergency mental health is something that I'm still learning at the moment. Um, so by no means am I trying to come from this as being an expert in mental health by any means. Today's episode is purely coming from what I've been learning so far and some of the things that I've experienced. So getting underway. So the journey of someone coming in with a mental health concern um, is going. There's there two different ways that they're sort of coming in. If they're coming through pre-hospitally, so coming through with the ambulance or coming through with um, the police, if that patient is deemed to be of immediate threat to themselves or to other people, uh, these uh, pre-hospital clinicians can put these. Um, these patients on particular what we call paperwork so if they do if they do deem them to be unsafe to themselves or other people they put them on what's called an EEA so an emergency examination authority and that basically makes this patient involuntary so there's a difference between voluntary and involuntary so someone who was voluntary they can leave the hospital at any point most patients coming through the emergency department are going to be deemed voluntary uh, and when they're deemed involuntary is going to be that it would be unsafe to let this person go out of the doors of the emergency department so an EEA allows for these paramedics and police to pretty much say look I need to take you to the emergency department to be seen by the appropriate mental health team and be properly assessed to make sure that you're safe to be able to go home and that you're getting the required attention that you need for, for this concern at the moment. So it allows for, so that is invoked by these paramedics and, and police. Uh, so they come to the emergency department and it means that we're able to keep this patient within the emergency department or within the hospital for a maximum of six hours. After that time of six hours, it can also be prolonged for another six hours uh, if they haven't been seen by a mental health clinician just yet. Um, yeah, so that's the EEA. Conversely, if they come in through the, through the emergency department doors uh, and after talking to this patient, yeah, they, they, they seem not in a very good way, whether they've had a, a mental health issue before, uh, which we can look up on the computer, maybe they have some stuff there. Uh, or if they're saying stuff to me that's just like, no, I, I don't think this is right. This is, I don't think you'd be safe to leave. Uh, as hospital staff, we can put this patient on a uh, recommendation. So it's kind of from our team, we're recommending that, no, actually, I don't think they're very safe to go home right now. Um, 
And that means that we can hold this patient um, involuntarily for up to an hour uh, for them to be reviewed. If I'm getting any of these times wrong, like, please forgive. This is my understanding so far. Um, so it's pretty much saying, look, we can't let you leave. And if this patient does try to leave after you've tried to de-escalate, you've tried to say, no, please, look, we're here to try to help you. Um, after this verbal try to de-escalate and turn them, turn them back into the, the bed space, that's, that's when you need to try to get uh, security involved because they're, they're a risk for themselves and they're a risk to other people if they, if they were to leave. So they usually get security in um, to then redirect them back to their bed space. If this, uh, these patients are reviewed by these mental health clinicians, so these psychiatrists and these doctors, um, then they can be placed if they're still deemed that they are unsafe to be going home um, and that there is absolutely no less restrictive way for the person to be treated, um, then they can be put onto a treatment authority. So that means that you can be kept and within, you know, involuntarily within the mental health services in the hospital for a roughly about a three-day period. Uh, Any time within that three-day period, if the patient is deemed to not be a risk anymore and that, in that there are less restrictive ways for this patient to be managed, um, then at any time that treatment authority can be revoked. All right, so that's a lot of the paperworky stuff out of the way and that's what we have to work with within the emergency department. So let's talk a bit more about the, the process of this patient going through the emergency department with mental health. So if I'm working in acute uh, within one of the main areas in the emergency department, again, I think I'll make the next episode about the different areas of ED. Um, but let's just say they're there. And I've now, I've looked to see if they're voluntary or whether they are involuntary. So now I understand you know, if the patient were to try to leave, if I need to get security involved or whatever. Um, now I can start my assessment of the patient. With every patient that's coming through your bed space, you need to be performing a proper assessment of your patient, a proper medical assessment as well. Um, so yes, I'm still getting in and I'm still trying to get a blood pressure and that sort of stuff. Some patients may just say, absolutely get lost, I'm not having it. Uh, in that case, you, you need to then inform the medical staff in that regards to see what else can happen. Um, but a lot of the time, these patients are more than fine to be able to, to get a quick assessment. And what you're trying to do is that a lot of time you're trying to take a basic lot of bloods, so probably a chem 20 and a full blood count, and you're just trying to see if, if there's any organic reason why there may be an acute change in someone's mental state. And what I mean by that is, is this patient having a hypo? Is this patient got a massive brewing infection in the background? Is there a medical reason why this is happening? Uh, as well as obviously looking at your blood pressure, your heart rate and stuff, and your temperature uh, to be confirming of same. Um, so once you've got your initial baseline assessment of the patient, you've sent the bloods away, um, then it's a matter of, then the doctors have come in. So us as nursing staff, we've come and got our assessment. We've got our uh, history and we've put that up and we've documented that. Um, next, we have our emergency doctors will come in. They will also come and do their full assessment. And that is again, like a full history of exactly what's going on, talking to the patient, um, getting that collateral information that we need. And then if the doctors are then saying, look, and, and it also comes down to, okay, that is the medical team. So the doctors are mainly coming in from a medical perspective. If they deem that the patient is cleared medically, 
then we are awaiting a formal mental health review. This can sometimes occur and happens a lot of the time within the acute bed space. So these mental health clinicians come to the acute area of mental health, they sit down in the bed space and they have a good chat to this patient and talking about exactly what's going on today. There's also another step. So there may be another area that we can push this patient to. So let's say the, the acute area is just hustle and bustle, the, the paramedics are ramping which means that they're all waiting for a bed space to come available. There's another area within the emergency department. Uh, it's a mental health area within ED. It's, in a, it's located just pretty much beside our main emergency department acute areas. Uh, and it's got locked doors and it's, uh, it's an area that we're able to keep a maximum of eight patients within. And there are particular treatment rooms within this area as well. And this mental health area, um, and there are some shifts that you are, I think it's roughly at the moment, about once a month that emergency nurses are put in this area. Um, and these patients are moved from the acute area into these uh, rooms. There's two big rooms that are separated by a big door as well. Uh, and there are particular interview rooms within these mental health rooms as well. I'm probably getting a little bit confusing here, but uh, this is an area that the mental health team can sit down in an area away from the hustle and bustle of the main emergency department, um, sit within these locked off, almost soundproof rooms and just have a good chat um, to this patient and to formally review this patient within that nice, safe environment. Um, from there, that's when the patient can then be discharged home, held there for a few more hours. They're only meant to, this is only meant to be a really short-term little area um, to decide, look, do they need to go home or do we need to admit them to the ward? So that's that other area of, of ED as well. So there are times in which a patient with on very busy periods, so maybe the mental health area is completely full and maybe the ward themselves, mental health wards are completely full as well, which can happen. Um, so let's say the patient was, is within the acute area uh, and doesn't have anywhere else we can push them off to. Uh, they remain within that bed space and as an ED nurse within that area it's understanding okay again are they on paperwork have they been medically cleared and then we are purely just waiting for a mental health review so what's my job then like what do I do as a, men as a, as a nurse well I don't have since they've been medically cleared we don't have to be doing OBS on these patients you know every half an hour every hour we sort of prolong that out to pretty much every four to six hours um, so it's making sure that this patient is nice and safe within that bed space. I like to try to really just try to make them as comfortable as possible. They're not having a very good time. Like it's, the emergency department is not the funnest place to be in the world. So I try to get them cups of tea, make sure they're nice and comfy. Um, when these patients do start to become agitated, um, and which can definitely happen, it's a very, remember the ED is a very high stimulus environment. You've got lights, you've got noises, you've got people coming and going past the bed spaces. So what I like to do is I like to draw the curtains that little bit, try to reduce everything that's going on around the patient. I like to go in there pretty regularly and just keep having a chat because as you can imagine, you're just sitting in a little tiny boxed out room. That's, there's no windows really anywhere. You don't know what's going on. A lot of the time it's so busy. So I go in there and just have a chat. Like that's, that's, I like to do that quite a bit with these patients as well. Um, because again, they're just waiting for this mental health review. What else? Um, 
keeping up regular medications with them as well. So asking them, look, do you, do you think that you need some diazepam? Do you think you need some olanzapine? If they've been charted for that patient as well, just keeping them nice and calm in this environment. Let's say that the patient is starting to become a little bit more aggressive. They're starting to, to shout. They're starting to hit a wall. They're not, they're not in a very good state at the moment. Well, what, what resources do I have at my disposal? So again, number one, it's all about not putting yourself in harm, taking a step back, having non-threatening body language, speaking nice and calm to the patient. Um, and in this hospital I'm working in as well, we have a special team that deals with occupational violence. And these, these, these nurses come along, they've got a bit more of a scope of practice, and they're able to initiate a few other medications that I'm not able to. So pretty much what I'm doing is I'm saying to these, these other nurses, look, I'm going to need a little bit more help here um, just to come in and have a chat to this patient for me. So they come along. They also do the exact same things what I'm talking about. Non-threatening body language, nice and calm, try to de-escalate the situation. And a lot of the time it's just a matter of that the patient doesn't feel as if they're being heard. They're, not, they're feeling as if they're not being listened to. They're not being treated in a very nice way. And a lot of the time, like the vast majority of the time, it's just a matter of having a bit of a chat and then maybe giving a little bit of olanzapine, a little bit of diazepam, something just nice and calm. We get in some more food and then it's all good. Other times the patient needs to be escalated a little bit more. Um, the patient management needs to be escalated and we can start incorporating medications such as droperidol. Droperidol is sort of like a, a bit of a sedative. It comes from the same line of medications from something like ondansetron with how it, or how it works on the brain. Um, but it does help to settle the patient down and it doesn't have a lot of respiratory depressive features as well. So we may have to initiate some intramuscular droperidol um, and then it's a matter of just making sure that the patient is, is medically safe in that regards. That's usually enough to have the patient in the bed, nice and calm, have a bit of a sleep um, and to de-escalate it that way. There are times, um, again, not super often, but there are times that we need to get security involved. A lot of the time when that nurse comes along, they'll bring a security member along with them. Uh, and they pretty much just will stand around the bed space and make sure that the patient's not going to be in danger to themselves or to other people. So, um, and again, the, the psychiatrists and the, and, the medical, and the mental health team are... Uh, often around and will come within a pretty decent amount of time as well so again you've got plenty of clinicians around you've got some excellent resources you've got medical uh, as well as you know pharmacological interventions that you can use but again a lot of the time making sure that this patient is kept informed of what's going on um, and making sure that they feel heard and I feel a lot of the time that's enough so anyway guys I hope this has been a bit of a, an intro. Again, this is purely just a real quick intro into mental health within the emergency department. Um, again, recapping, is the patient on paperwork? Are they voluntary or involuntary? You've got to get your set of OBS as a mental health clinic, as a, uh, as a nurse. You, you're getting the baseline, make sure it's not an organic cause of what's happening today. You're getting that full thorough history the best that you can. Um, from the patient as well as listening to what the, the pre-hospital clinicians have to say as well and going back through the notes and seeing if this is something that they've had before. Um, have they been medically cleared? Do they move across to the next area if possible to the mental health area? So it's a particular area that we can hold these patients for that short amount of time so they can get formally reviewed and then from there it's a matter of deciding if the patient's able to go home or whether they're, they're going to be admitted to the ward. So. Anyway, guys, if you have any questions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send a message through. I'm always happy to help. 
Have an awesome day and I'll talk to you guys next time.